Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by RCN Capital, direct financing for real estate investors. RCN Capital offers unique loan programs, including fix and flip financing, bridge financing, and long-term financing for rental properties to ensure your clients are covered. Get connected today by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I am a broker owner here in the great state of Michigan. Uh, why do I bring that up? Because I'm one of you guys. Uh, but I'm also the AIM president of membership here. So very excited about today. Uh, this is another person. Um, so if, you, if you're listening to these, you'll hear me say, oh, um, these people are really flexible with me. Well, this is another one that was extremely, extremely flexible with me with recording. So today I'm going to be interviewing the broker owner of Maddox Mortgage. And I'm telling you guys, he's an up and coming. I mean, like I had a conversation with this gentleman a few weeks ago. And as soon as I got off the phone, I was like blown away, super excited, said I got to get him on a podcast. He's going to do great things, uh, not only in the mortgage industry, uh, but he's also going to do great things for AIM and all of our membership. So today, I want to welcome Mike Maddox. So Mike, thanks for joining us today. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. No, no, no problem. All right, let's hop right into it. My favorite thing to talk about when we do this. Well, I got a lot of favorite things I like to talk about. <laughs> but how in the hell did you get started in this business? Give, give me the rundown. It is the most roundabout thing you can possibly imagine. Uh, I went from high school to the Marine Corps to being a personal trainer and working at GNC. Uh, and then, and then from there, I worked at, I worked at GNC too. It's, it's the best, especially if you're, you know, you like to be healthy. You're like, Oh, 40, 50% off on vitamins and protein and yeah. pre-workout. You know, it was great. Um, so I met a gentleman that worked, that worked with the regional manager for bank of America. So we talked, I trained him, uh, and then he got me a job at bank of America, went from bank of America to a credit union to chase where I was relationship banker, private client banker. And then I wanted to be a financial advisor, but I kept getting passed over because they kept hiring people from outside of Chase, which really rubbed me the wrong way. Had an opportunity to um, go into mortgage banking for Chase. Um, and then some things happened with my branch manager that made that an impossibility. So I went to US Bank, was there for a year, went to New American Funding, was there for three or four years. And then I got into the broker channel and I was like, wow. This is where I should have been the whole time. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it when people say that because it's it's so true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the I'd say the biggest difference between the broker channel and retail and and banking is the the rates and the cost. Like as a broker, you have more control. You don't you're not paying for, you know, the marketing, advertising, commercials that they want to run, all that stuff. It's not built into the rates and it's not built into the cost, um, which to me is huge because it allows me yeah. to save my clients money. And it's, to me, it seems, it feels more ethical. It feels more right. Absolutely. All right. So you, you got into the broker channel. Now, when you got in the broker channel, were you working for someone or is this when you opened up Maddox Mortgage? No. So I, I, I didn't know how difficult it would be or how easy it would be. You know, for me, it was easy because of my, my grit and determination, but I worked for a broker, um, didn't exactly see eye to eye with the way that he ran things because of my previous experience. So I worked for him for about six months, went to another broker who I had a ton of support from them in starting my own broker shop. I had a ton of support from UWM. They connected me with, uh, with their wholesale development team and getting me in contact with the right people and, and things like that 
to open my own shop. So mm -hmm. I had two broker shop stops on the way to opening my own brokerage. And that's where I am now. All right. So tell me, tell me what is going on with you right now in terms of, I want to know a couple things here. So I'm going to give you a okay. two, loaded, couple loaded questions here. Number one is what's your current, like what, what's your current uh, landscape right now? Is it just you? How many loan officers do you have? And then I also want to get into what your goals are, because this is first time I talked to you. This is what I got to clarify. <laughs> uh, so right now it's myself. I have three brokers. I'm, I've got another one that I'm taking to United Wholesale Mortgage for their intro to wholesale class in the hopes that I can get her to jump ship from retail. Um, so that's pretty much it. And my, my scope currently is I'm licensed, the company and I are licensed in Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Colorado, and Florida. I'm working on Texas and California. And that goes hand in hand with my business scope, my trajectory, because I want to be licensed in 48 states, all except for New York and Hawaii, um, because those are, you know, the beasts of the industry. Um, and, you know, within five years, I'd like to be within the continental United States and Alaska, and then have at least a thousand producing loan officers on the staff. Um, and with that, I can leverage that to get wholesale lenders, wholesale warehouse lines, excuse me, that are willing to work with me to go in the correspondent channel um, to offer loan programs that don't necessarily fit within some of these boxes so that I can offer more solutions to more home buyers and make it more affordable and put more people into homes. So I've got a lot of aspirations. I've got a lot of end goals that I don't really know the path to get there. But mm -hmm. I think throughout the course of time, you know, you navigate and find your way to the finish line. And that's what my plan is. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, and I'm happy for you. I hope, hope all of that works out, but I'm also sure that it's going to change. You know what I mean? As, yep. as, our, yep. as our industry changes, you know, yep. there might be a law that's put into place and things change, but you know, right now I know you're doing great things in your broker shop and you know, that's what I want to talk about today. So Let's talk about some, you know, some of these loan programs, you know, like this is going to be the first time in a long time uh, that I've spoken specifically about loan programs, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so let's talk about VA. Yep. VA in my eyes is arguably the greatest program out there. The absolute pinnacle of loan programs. Yep. And for some reason, and I still haven't figured this out because I've gotten many different answers that there's this stigma against them. Yep. Why do realtors hold this against, you know, VA? Why? You know, it's, that's a great question. I think a lot of it stems from, you know, there are stereotypes in the world for all different groups of people. And I think the stereotype for veterans is that, you know, because the VA loan doesn't require a down payment, they don't have money. They don't have strong, solid credit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's, it's ignorance and it's a lack of education mm -hmm. on their part, which is why anytime I have a VA loan, go under contract or submit an offer, I call the listing agent and I fill them in. I say, hey, you know, I just wanted to touch base with you, let you know that I'm the loan officer handling this transaction. Um, I've done the due diligence. I've checked credit, income, assets, you name it. It's been looked at, dug around. The rocks have been turned over. The skeletons pulled out of the closet. You're not going to get a stronger offer. And they say, oh, well, you know, I just, I had this one VA loan years ago and blah, 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 talking heads. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, listen, you know, the strength of a file is determined by the strength of the borrower and the strength of the loan officer. If you have, you could have the strongest file in the world put in front of you, but if the loan officer isn't competent enough to get it closed, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I've had multiple conversations on a single offer 
to get it accepted. But at the end of the day, it just boils down to, are you willing to put in the work to convince this person that has had a bad experience that this one is going to close? Um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's education. It boils down to education. It, it, it's it's nuts out there because like, I mean, I, I did VA I, and I don't, you know, my ear is not huge VA and I, I know I need to get into it more. But then I started learning about it. I said, man, this is pretty damn good. Yeah. And what changed my mind was I had a veteran call me mm-hmm. and he, and, and I'm not going to speak solely on this just for the mere fact of, I probably don't know exactly what I'm talking about, <laughs> but anyways, he got a bunch of like waivers from the VA office for the roof, for this, for that. Yep. And, and it was like, that would never, ever have gotten unconventional FHA, nope. USDA and any other loan. And in my eyes, I sit back and go, then why in the hell are realtors against this? So what do you think we need to do to change that stigma? It's honestly, it's just, it's time. It's, you got to get in the trenches and you got to do the work and show them through completed closed loans that, you know, it's not, it's the easiest loan to get approved. And like you said before, waivers, Um, if you run into a problem with a VA loan, you have the veteran call the the regional center and complain and they go, Oh yeah, well, yeah, no problem. Here's a waiver. Here's this. Oh, the appraiser did what? (laughs) And they'll call the appraiser and get it handled. I mean, the, in with the VA loans, veterans have so much power and authority just by making a phone call to their regional center that it's, it's mind blowing. Like you said yourself waivers. I think that's the biggest thing. And you know, the department of veteran affairs loves giving out waivers for everything. Why not when you're trying to buy a house? Right. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I, I would love a law out there that does not allow realtors to dictate, dic- dictate what kind of financing is done on the home. 100%. And they shouldn't even know what type of financing. It should just be, this is our offer. Take it or leave it. You don't need yep. to know if it's cash or a loan. You just need to know how much it is and when the closing date is. Yep. I mean, money's money the way I look yeah. at it. And it's, and the, at the end of the day, there's no difference between a cash offer and financing, except, you know, one is readily available and one's going to take some time to get ready. Because at the end of the day, they get a wire transfer in the same amount that they would have, whether it be cash or a loan. Absolutely. All right. So when we're, I know it, it blows my mind. <laughs> Realtors, my, my love hate relationship for some of them. My um, hate hate. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. So, okay. VA here. Let, let's, I want to ask you one more question on this. What would you say, because I told you my craziest loan I've ever done where it, it, it opened up my eyes. What was the one loan you did that either opened up your eyes or you said, I cannot believe that got done? Uh, it's it's not even that crazy of a story, but the back-end debt to income was like 64%. <laughs> and it got approved. Really? Yeah, AUS came back, approve eligible. And it just, it wasn't anything crazy or wild. You know, they had a seven, I mean, they had really, really strong credit. But the front end debt to income was 35, the back end was 64, high 64, almost 65, and it came back approve eligible. And I just, wow. I was floored. And the underwriter was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. crazy. Yep. And um, that's the, that is one thing that I will say is that the VA doesn't have really strict set guidelines on debt to income or credit. And that's why it is one of the best loan programs out there because if you get an AUS approve eligible, then it works. And then if, if you, if you don't get an approved eligible and you have to have it manually under it and you find an underwriter that doesn't have any overlays that goes off the VA handbook and you can get almost anything approved. That's awesome. I, I like, 
I, I know we have some great relationships with like Bed and BA and stuff and uh, anything I can do out there to, that promotes this product even more, I'm, I'm going to do it because it is the best product. Oh, 100%. And I couldn't be more thankful for the fact that 50% of my business is VA loans because it, A, it introduces me to more veterans uh, and B, I they're super easy to get close. <laughs> so it's I'm like a kid in a candy store. Oh, you are in the army? I'd love to help you buy a house. <laughs> Win-win right there. Yeah, okay. big time. Next thing I want to talk to you about, because this is where I think that we need, as brokers, probably need a little bit more education in. Um, I know some people are extremely good at this. I, I mean, I've, I've talked to some brokers across the nation. They're very, very good at this. Um, some people, I think that, uh, once again, a stigma that brokers just flat out can't do DPAs. Okay. Wrong. Exactly. And I'm learning more and more about this too. Um, what is what is your success with DPA programs? Uh, my success is storied since I just started doing them since I opened my own shop because the way I operate is if I have someone apply and they don't, if I don't have a loan program or an avenue for them right away, I find it so that I can do it. So I've closed three DPA loans in the last uh, four months, I'd say. Um, and the success that I've had doing them is doing your due diligence up front, gathering excessive documentation, but then only submitting up front what is required. Um, and this is, it's kind of annoying because two of the three have been suspended out of the gate by the underwriter. Um, and I don't know what her problem was because it was the same underwriter on both, but she pushed back, suspended, debt incomes too high, ratios are crazy. You don't know what you're doing. And I was like, okay. The first time it was it was frustrating because I had to go back through reverse maths, figure out how many hours they worked, when their last raise was, because one pay stub didn't have 40 hours on it. Mm -hmm. So, so oh, yeah. had to go back out all of their pay, figure out how many hours they worked per average on week. We had VOE, we had written verifications of employment from their employer, but that wasn't good enough. We had to break the math down. Um, to make a long story short on the first one, it was just a lot of math and then convincing the underwriter to, to accept it. And then the second one, as soon as I named her, saw, as soon as I saw her name show up in the file, I was like, okay, I better start doing the math now because she's going to do the same thing. And without fail, <laughs> boom, suspended debt incomes too high. ratios are crazy. <laughs> um, but no, in the broker channel, the biggest thing is just is finding wholesale partners that can do it. One, the two that the three that I've done have been with, um, Orion Wholesale. So if you guys, you know, if, I don't know if you how you feel about Orion, but they've been really good to me on VA, low credit VA and DPA loans. And they have three that they offer. Um, so, you know, depending on what you're looking for, as far as term availability in your state or, or ease of underwriting, they've got a few that are easy. Um, unfortunately the borrowers that I've put through those programs are a little credit challenged, so it makes it a little tougher. <laughs> right. So would that, would that be your suggestion there? Because I, like, I know in my state, there's some that I just can't do because they only allow me yeah. to go through banks. We're trying to do stuff yep. on the advocacy side to say that's, that's BS. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it should be open to everyone. Yep. Uh, but is, would that be your suggestion is contact your lenders and say, tell me what DPA programs you have available or how mm -hmm. can I get programs available? 100%. And what I've done. Yeah. Um, so I, when I add a new wholesale partner, cause you know, I get the emails all the time. Oh, these are, this is what we do. This is what we can offer. Um, I dig into it. I'll call them. I'll email them. Hey, 
what states is this available in? What states is it not available in? What are the limitations, restrictions? Um, and I've been working with the state of Washington on figuring out how I can offer the Washington bond because that is one that brokers don't have access to. Mm -hmm. So I would need to get my warehouse line set up and then be approved as a correspondent lender to go through. It's, it's a whole big thing. Yeah. Right. So it's a mess. But I'm, working, I'm working on it, but you're right. You know, a lot of those bond programs and down payment assistance programs specific to a state or a municipality are restricted to banks and credit unions. So, you know, the biggest piece of advice I can give is do your due diligence, find out if there is a way you can offer it or what steps would be required for you to partner with said bank or credit union so that you can offer it and, you know, provide yeah. a higher level of service than they're going to get from the turnkey loan officer at the bank. Right. Absolutely. No um, offense to them. Of course I was one once. <laughs> I'll say offense to them, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. How does, so how do you communicate this though to to your borrowers? I mean, like, do you do you have a do you have a different style? Like when you're talking to someone, you know, this is more on a general scale, not just yeah. DPAs. But do you do you do you your communication styles are different between first time home buyers, down payment assistant buyers, refis, investment properties, like, or are you just pretty much same person the entire time? Or are you trying to read them? Uh, I'm a lingual chameleon. So I come into a, into an interaction, usually pretty high energy. One of the realtors I work with says I come in at a 10, but for me, 10 for her is not 10 for me. 10 for her is like five right. for me. <laughs> right, so right. I'll come in and I, I try to mirror how they're interacting. And then I tailor my, my conversations based on their body language, the tone, volume, all of that stuff. It is hard for me though, because I'm a very high energy person, as you can tell by my constant fidgeting of my hands, the ADHD and the energizer energy levels are hard to contain. No judgment here. <laughs> no no um, judgment here. But so the, the one thing I will say is with first time home buyers, I'm, I communicate, I over communicate because they're the ones that are going to have the most questions. They're the ones that are the most hesitant. You know, they're the ones that are worried that something's going to go sideways. So I immediately, once the application is submitted, start a group text with the borrowers, myself, and the realtor. And then I'll have a separate group conversation with the borrowers, myself, and my assistant so that, you know, the financing piece, everyone's on the same page. And then the real estate piece, everyone's on the same page. And that makes, that puts their mind at ease because they know everybody is informed of what's going on every step of the way. Um, and it just, it keeps things very clear. With veterans, we just cuss a lot, laugh and joke and get the job done. Mission accomplishment. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's switch gears here. Let's go to the market. All right. Yes. The market itself, the changes. Um, I do not have a crystal ball, but I have been in this business for over 20 years. Okay. Um, I stopped counting after 20. I just said, after it's 20, I'm, I'm done. And I don't <laughs> like saying, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> and I don't like saying, telling people how long I've been in the business just because it's like, it, it's, it's not a pride thing. It's just what I've seen. So you're not retired Which, yet? <laughs> oh, I'm not even close. I probably, if I were to retire today, I owe. But uh, <laughs> with, that, with that being said, I see a change in the market. I, yep. I, I do. You know what I mean? And especially when this is being recorded, there's been a lot of price changes, um, all for the better, knock on wood. Uh, yep. But, you know, and that's kind of like our, our theme for the rest of the year is getting ready for 2024, right? I mean, yep. we're obviously going to do certain things to make sure that we're successful now. But how do you continue to find success in this current market that we're in, which is pretty unstable, but feasible? 
Great question. Uh, I believe in lead from the front mentality. Um, so what I started doing, if you know, a while back, actually, when I first got into when I first got into the retail channel, I started doing videos and all that fun stuff, but I didn't really let it take off until I started my own company. So I do a ton of videos. I try to do a video, a little 60 second story on my Instagram and Facebook every morning, and then I'll record some of my workout. And I put that on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, everything. Um, me doing that and tagging, you know, Maddox Mortgage, King of the Loan, Mortgage Broker, Mortgage Man, Mortgage Marine, all the stuff that I tag on there. Anytime someone searches for mortgage, I'm going to show up and they see someone they can connect with because I give them a little motivation, inspiration first thing in the morning, maybe talk about mortgage a little bit. And then I throw up some workout videos, which sounds douchey, I know, but there is a method to the madness. So if you look at every other mortgage broker in the country, and I'm going to say every, because it seems like every single one, they go on there. Did you know you don't need 20% down payment to buy a house? Did it? And they all say the same thing. So what happens is these people get this information that they need from these other people that they can't connect with because all they see is business. And then they call me. Like, I, I can't tell you in March, I had at least one application every single day and sometimes more than one. And a lot of times I didn't even talk to them until after they submitted their application. I didn't know who they were, never heard from them, never talked to them, but they ended up on my website and hit apply now. So <laughs> to me, my advice to people is you have to be personable. You have to, you have to be, you know, connectable. If you, if everything you put out is about mortgage and you're in a suit every single time, nobody's going to come to you. It's 2023. I'm in a shirt with a crown on it. That's my company logo. Mm -hmm. And I'm wearing basketball shorts. Like people want to see someone they can connect with. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I do. I mean, the, you, you will have those old school people who, you know, dress for success, that type of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, everyone that is maybe, you know, like clients that stop by my office where I know that I'm not meeting with anyone that day, you know, I dress it, I dress it down quite a bit. Yep. Yep. And th they'll walk in. I'll be like, I am so sorry. I'm dressed like this. This is what's going on. They're like, oh, hell no. You know, you're, you're good yep. to go. Like, exactly. We, so we prefer so that is the thing. When I meet with someone in person, I'll usually wear like a button up shirt or something. But if it's, if we're meeting at a coffee shop, I'm not going to go out of my way to dress up because they're a normal person. I'm a normal person. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to show up in scrubs. I'm not going to show up in a suit. Yeah. It's T and P yeah. time and place. If I go, if I invite, if I host an event and I invite them to it and it's a formal event or business casual or anything like that, then yes, of course you have to dress to meet the occasion you have to present yourself in a way that that is approachable. And that's kind of how I how I run my business and how I coach my employees is be approachable, be easy to talk to, be someone that they want to talk to at the end of the day. Absolutely. Okay. So right around this time that we are recording this, I mean, this is technically kind of like the start of purchase season. We might be like yeah. a week into it per se. We're getting into it. <laughs> oh yeah. Trust me. I, no. I saw that uptick right away. I was like, what the hell? Okay, let's go. Yep. Um, <laughs> And each area is different. And everyone who's listening has to understand that each area is different. My my personal area right now, it, it's an inventory issue. Um, mm -hmm. Other areas are just booming. And so you, you got to take everything we say with a grain of salt here. Uh, but what should, in your opinion right now, what should brokers be doing to get ready for purchase season? Uh, getting ready for purchase season, that, oh man, I should you should have told me you were going to ask me this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me a second. I'll think of something. I mean, technically, uh, we're already in purchase we're, season. We're in purchase season. I would honestly say 
since it is ramping up and 40% of loan officers didn't renew their license this last year, you need to be smiling and dialing every single realtor you can if you don't have a consistent realtor referral network. Um, I've been doing this for, I've been in finance for 10 years, been a more, been in the mortgage industry for seven. I've been a broker owner for a year now. Um, I've built up a referral network of people that trust me and they won't even take a phone call from another mortgage broker or loan officer because they know that I'm, you know, Mr. Gets the job done. I'm, I'm the yeah. hammer when you, I'm the hammer in the room when that's what you need. <laughs> um, and and that's great. That's great. But also I just did an, uh, I just did a podcast with, uh, uh, Brian Sweeney and he yeah. said something really interesting to me. He's like, yeah, he's like, people may have their, their guy, their gal. It doesn't matter. But you always got to stay in contact with these people because yep. realtor relationships are like marriages. People get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> I was There's like, a 50% yep, oh, wow. divorce rate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is funny. And you're right. And that's, and that's one thing. So you have to establish new relationships. If you don't have a lot already, if you do, then you need to maintain those relationships because if you don't water your garden, it's going to die. Um, and that goes hand in hand with what you, what your, what Brian said about marriages. You know, there's a 50% divorce rate. If you miss a beat, if you misstep, you're, it's gone out the window. Yep. yep. You got to be on point at all times. And, all and times. I can't, I can't explain this enough to everyone. Everyone is so hungry out there for business and they're, and they're scraping everything they can. The number one thing, I just met with a group of realtors and it was just, the, it, it was an overwhelming consensus that the number one reason why they switch lenders or switch brokers, whatever they're using is because of lack of communication. Yep. You cannot over communicate. It's impossible in this business. Unless you're really bad with your words. <laughs> okay. You caught me <laughs> there's, there. There's right? an exception to every rule. <laughs> yes. Okay. 99.9. Um, Let's just say yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. And that's why for me, I I'm up at three 34 AM. Um, and I will immediately check my texts, emails, all that stuff. And I'm blasting out con information, confirmations, requests for documentation. Um, like my realtors are probably sick of hearing from me because I'll text them three or four times before they even respond to the first one, just to make sure that they know where we're at. They know what we're doing. And then if we don't have anything going on, I'll just randomly text them. Hey, do you want to grab lunch next week? I've got some time on Wednesday. Let's go get some tacos. I want to let's talk about how we can grow your business together. Tacos are on Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday, not Taco no, Wednesday. No, wait, man. Okay. Taco Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta oh. break the mold. You can't just be yeah. like everybody else. All right. All right. Taco Wednesday. Taco Wednesday. I'll, all right. Hump day tacos. Um, I like that. Hump day tacos. Yeah. All right. Last Taco question is a hump. hump. It is. You're absolutely right. <laughs> See? Look at you how you spun that. Bam. All right. Last, last question for you, because I know we're all busy and, and, and mm -hmm. you know, like I, I think I, I said it earlier, like Mike was extremely flexible with me. So I know I, he's shifted around his schedule for me. So I'm trying to be very respectful of his time. Um, last you. question for you. 2024 is going to be here before you know it. You're going to go through your purchase season that always flies by. People get a little bit stressed out. Then they mm -hmm. kind of go in back to school mode. Oh, then it's Thanksgiving, the holidays come around and then bam, it hits you square in the face. It happens every time, but yep. 2024 is going to be here. What's the one piece of advice that you're going to tell someone right now to be prepared for 2024? Uh, it's going to be what I learned in the Marine Corps and that is complacency kills. If you, every, and it happened, like you said yourself, it happens every summer, purchase season comes, you're up on a high and then you get complacent because deals are just flowing. 
-hmm. and you don't maintain your grit and your drive to keep your pipeline full, you become complacent and then you die just in time for Christmas. And it's so so funny because like we talk about this all of the time. We, you know, and, and it's like during the refi boom, we were telling everyone, you know, and I was, I was screaming it from the rooftops. Listen, don't ignore your realtors. Purchases, <laughs> keep them going. Do not just rely on refis. And then yep. what happens? It happens. And this is another one that I'm going to just preach from the rooftops, which is, listen, I'm telling you, it's 2024 is going to be here before you know it. So, yep. so get ready. And that's and that's one thing I will say. So during the refi boom, I was still spending money on advertising, video, content creation, marketing. None of it got put out until those refis started to tr- to uh, you know slow down. And then I was like, all right, time to start blasting this stuff out. And, you know, I didn't wait until it was over. I noticed a slight decline and then it's like, okay, now we ramp up purchase advertising and try to keep things going. And I did, I, I didn't skip a beat. I mean, I had some downtime because of a car accident that I was in, but other than that, it just kept going. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, listen, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. And that's yeah. what, about a five. That's about a five. We're like a four and a half, five right now. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't wait to see that at 10 one time. So maybe, maybe a fuse. Yeah. <laughs> you're coming to fuse, right? Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be myself and my assistant. Perfect. Perfect. Well, yeah. you know, that's another plug right there. You know, fuse is, you know, when we start talking about getting ready for 2024, we're going to have a completely different feel for fuse this year because it's not, I mean, as of this moment, things can change. We all, we all know that we're not going to have like the the, the the most famous guest speaker out there who's not even part of our industry. We're going to have some great speakers, but it's all industry-based and it's all going to be the market's turning. Get ready for 2024. I'd be happy to be a guest speaker. I'll show you 10. I'll be a guest speaker. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. This is going to be an offline conversation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds good to me. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Mark. No problem. Brokers, if you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all of the broker to broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google podcasts, really anywhere we can download podcasts and listen to them. Please rate it, leave a review, subscribe to it. It helps us get the word out there and spread the word that brokers are better. And Mike, thank you because you were one of them. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you'll have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait. Sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.